morning. It is good to know you're online. I was going to say it's good to see you in the house of the Lord, but the house of the Lord is at your house today. Several weeks now, we've been coming together online, and the one thing that I find that's amazing is that the presence of God is everywhere. He's here with us right now. We sense and we feel him in this service. So many beautiful worship songs today, the presence of God filling the sanctuary. But yet we also know from the reports we're getting, the testimonies and the little comments that you're putting down. I love when I go back through in the afternoon, I, I go back and read your comments during the service. And I see amen and hallelujah and I feel the presence of God. And I know that he's right where you are. He's everywhere. He not only is the God who was and is and is to come, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at all times. The last couple of weeks have been quite a challenge for us and we're doing our very best to stay on top of the needs of the church and, and you and where you are and, and wanna encourage you again to please leave those prayer requests. I love what Pastor Brian gave to you this morning that number to call or you can leave those comments there on the social media setting just let us know what we can be praying for and how that we can touch your life meet the need in your life if you have need of groceries if you have need of anything please let us know we want to be there for you in a few short weeks we'll know what phase Ohio will be in and We'll see what it's going to be like as we start planning together how we will begin the process of meeting together. Um, asking the Lord to guide and direct that as we uh, look forward to the time when we'll all be together in worship. So please be praying. Please join me in, in fasting and, and stay tuned to your emails, your phone, your social media settings, all of those, all three different areas we're going to be trying to reach out to you and let you know what's going on continue looking out for one another make phone calls check on friends check on our church family think of someone you haven't talked to in a while and give them a call or send them a text or do something to let them know that you're thinking about them you're praying for them and that you miss them we have to look out for one another and i want to thank you then in the midst of all of this crisis you're not forgetting you're giving thank you for that blessed at how many people will stop by the church during the week and Judy tells me that people will come by in, in the middle of the afternoon just to drop off their, their gift their offering to God their tithe to the Lord and I'm, I'm so thankful for you and your faithfulness your dedication God is helping us as we are able to then continue the ministries and touch the people that we need to touch as a ministry to the hurting as far as this morning goes I, I woke up this week early in the week about four o'clock in the morning, had the Lord roaring through. I, I always begin the service prep on Sunday afternoon. Actually, after this service, I'll walk out, I'll get in my car, and I'll begin processing, God, what are you speaking to us? What are you saying to us for next service? I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. I think it was on Tuesday. It might have been Wednesday. It's four o'clock in the morning. I'm laying in my bed, and the Lord just starts roaring this message to me. I grabbed paper and pen and I just began writing. I didn't even turn on a light. I just wrote in the dark. 
And as I was writing in the dark, you ought to see those notes now. They're pathetic. But somehow the Lord was able to help me to decipher what I wrote at four in the morning. But he kept giving me things to write and to say. And the Lord assured me of one thing. It's always about one word or one phrase. And this morning, the word for us is peace. Peace. Peace in a troubled world. I believe with all my heart as he's led us every single week. I've asked him to give words every week. I'm a shepherd. I'm not God's police. I'm not out there trying to figure everything out. I am trying to take care of my responsibility. The task in front of me is to oversee and to lead the ministries of this church for you. To touch your hearts, our pastors. We're all in agreement. We love our people and we're shepherds at heart. Trying very hard to stay in our lane. I want to know what is the Lord saying to the church. That's my number one prayer request when I get down every morning. Is, Lord, what are you speaking to the church? I'm not caught up in the debates or the blame over the current situation. I'm not trying to figure it all out. I figure I know this much. We got here and God allowed it. So my responsibility as a pastor is to pray continue to obey and find out what Lord are you speaking to the church I felt since day one that this pandemic that was meant for evil against us is going to work for a greater good to the saving of many people alive I believe God is going to use this as Pastor Brian pointed out he could have taken right off my notes the things that he spoke when he talked about a great awakening every day I feel a great awakening is coming I feel that there's going to be an anticipation. I love that in the song you sang earlier, Pastor Gary. Anticipation, expectation for what God is going to do when we do get back together. I'm telling you, we're not going to take a minute of church for granted. We're not going to take the presence of God and gathering together in his power. We're not going to take any of that for granted. We're going to be ready to move and to flow with the work of the Spirit of God. That first week I preached on the pandemic crisis that it was like Joseph standing behind that screen looking at his brothers said what you meant for evil against me God is going to turn for good and it's going to save many people alive I'm believing salvations are going to be the main fruit that come out of this time of isolation this time when we are when we're closed up and we're socially distant and we're not able to to do the things that we had normally routinely done for so long now we understand the importance some of those things that we tend to take for granted. Salvation is going to be the main fruit that comes out of this. As a pastor, I'm getting all kinds of text messages and emails and Facebook messenger uh, notes on people that I haven't heard from in forever. And, and this pandemic, this crisis time in the world has caused them to reevaluate their lives and they're asking me questions and asking me to pray for them. And, people I haven't heard from since I was a youth pastor way back in the day and they're reaching out and I know that God is doing something awesome. There's going to be an awakening. There is an awakening that's taking place. That second week we preached, we said no weapon formed against us will prosper. No weapon that's formed against us is going to amount to anything. There's going to be a great awakening. And the last day outpouring is God readies his bride for his soon return. Don't forget that we are on the very edge, the, the breath of God's trumpet blast to the earth. I'm believing that he's coming soon. And last Sunday in Easter, 
for Easter Sunday, we talked about touching Jesus. Isn't that key? That's key. Touching Jesus. It's not about the building, the denominations, the churches. It's not about the pastors. It's not about any of the things that we're, that we're upset about, worried about, or ang- filled with anxiety over. It's all about getting back to our focus, pressing towards the mark. Back to Jesus, touching Jesus. Our job is to let the Holy Ghost have his way. Have a way in our church, to have our way in our lives, personally, individually. What is God speaking to you this Sunday, today? I believe the word for us is peace. Peace in a troubled time. Now I started, I've jotted it down in my notes and I started to write R.I.P., rest in peace. And I thought that, that would be a great catchy title. And then I thought in light of what's going on in the world that may not send a good message. So I changed the message title to peace in a troubled world, inner deep peace. I'm not talking about the world's idea of peace. I'm talking about a deep seated confidence, assurance, something deep down inside of you today. God's going to do a spiritual work in you. It's going to provide you with a necessary ingredient during difficult days, trying times. God's going to give you peace. Peace from anxiety, worry, fear, plots and schemes and conspiracies that are all out there. Politics, virus, sickness. It's going to be peace from God. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Then we're going to jump down to Isaiah, the Old Testament, verse 26 and verse 3. And then one more, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Listen to what the word of God says about this peace I'm talking about. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, meditate, think on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. Isaiah 26 and 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect, perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah everlasting strength and the last text scripture for this morning is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 16 now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way the Lord be with you all amen
I could close right now and you have enough word to get through all the way to glory. We're going to pray right now and ask God to speak to us where you are and where we are. And that God will drive this message home to us. This is what we need, church. This is what we need. We need peace. We need confidence. We need courage. We need to be able to stand through it all. I've noticed this week people really getting full of, of anxious thoughts and fears concerning plots and schemes and who's caused this and who's doing that and some of the the rumors and some of the conspiracy theories. I don't have those answers for you this morning, but I do have the answer for your heart and for the fear and for the anxiety and for the overwhelming thoughts, and that's peace. Peace that comes from God. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before you this morning, we honor you and we bless you. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for this time that we've had together in your presence. We're ready now for the word of God. Will you touch right there in their homes? Lord, we get pictures of kids with their hands up in front of of the TV sets at home as they're worshiping, they're praising God. We thank you, Lord, that the church is alive and well during this difficult day. I praise you and I thank you for the presence of the Lord that's not only here, but it's there in the living room, in the family room, wherever they are, God. We thank you for the power of God. I thank you for those that that drove out last Sunday and sat in their cars on Easter Sunday and watched online because they just wanted to be at the church. They wanted to be near God's house. I thank you for the love, the love people have for you, Lord Jesus, for your house for your presence, for your peace. Touch us today. Minister in strength and grace and speak peace over every family, every life, every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. An old song I love. I've been singing it all weekend long. Verses of it go like this. Their little boat was tossed about upon the stormy seas. The disciples woke the master crying, Lord, save us, please. Then Jesus spoke with authority and commanded, peace be still. And instantly, every wind and wave obeyed the master's will. The second verse goes on and says, so many times I'm tossed about upon life's stormy seas. And though the winds and trouble blows, my Savior pilots me. For I know peace be still guides my little boat. I'll not fear the wind or wave, for he who's kept me safe thus far will keep me all the way. The chorus says, there is peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. There is peace in Jesus and the world can't take it away. When there's turmoil all around, I'm so glad I found there's peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. This is the, the beauty of serving God. It's that circumstances don't dictate our joy, our peace, our confidence, our assurance. We're living, there's no doubt, we're living in troubled times. This is a troubled world. War and strife on every hand. Violence spreads throughout the land. I changed it to a virus spreads throughout the land. 
peace seems to be, as the rest of that song says, to be just a dove with broken wings. I'm telling you, there is peace in Jesus, though. There is peace in the midst of the storms. There's peace in it all, and his name is Jesus. Currently, we're living, for record's sake, during a pandemic crisis. Our country is shut down, isolated, Social distancing is the order of the day. The economy has taken a dive and people are sick and dying. Nothing today can compare to the experience we saw back in 1917 when the Spanish flu uh, hit the world that killed an estimated 15 million people worldwide, 675,000 in the U.S. alone. I thank God that we've not seen those kind of numbers this time around, but nevertheless, we have seen something that we haven't seen in a long time, and that's the economy and the world literally shutting down. It'll be talked about and remembered in the history books for generations to come. We're enduring a crisis time in our country. Doesn't matter whether we believe it, it happened this way or that way, or it's real or not real, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we are going through a time of pandemic crisis. We don't know from day to day what's next. We've got the conspiracy theories. We've got fears, anxieties. We've got blame for miles. Is it, is it this political group or that political group? Politics in an election year. And then on top of all of that, people are sick and they're dying. We're in a troubled world. It reminds me of the parable Jesus told of the farmer sowing a seed and says some of that seed started to grow up and it was choked out by the thorns. And it died. Those, those thorns were, uh, Jesus talked about them in the word and said those thorns were the cares of the world that chokes out the seed. Cares of this world. Whether you live in New York City or Cincinnati or Hazard, Kentucky, the cares of this world seem to be flourishing and it's choking the, the life out of a lot of folks these days. Lest we forget the pandemic crisis is not the only problems that we have in America or in the world. There's drug addiction, there's sex trafficking, there's gangs, there's wars and rumors of wars. There's natural disasters like what's been taking place across the South this last week. Everywhere we look, there's trouble on every side. The result is a generation of people in desperate need of peace. Peace. If ever people needed inner peace, a deep-seated peace, surely it is now. We need a good word. Well, I've got one for you this morning. A good word in the Latin is, is called benediction. It's a good word. It's the last word. It's the last good word, inspiration that's coming to you. And I believe we have that in one of the ver all of the verses I read to you earlier, but one particularly in 2 Thessalonians chapter. Uh, 3 and verse 16, listen to what it says. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. I literally want to look closely at that verse 16 there. Two things that Paul leaves as a good word, a benediction for you and I today, for this week. He leaves peace and presence. Peace and presence, these two good words that we're giving us today. What is this peace that Paul's talking about? It's peace that's an inner confidence, an inner 
confidence in God. It isn't like the the world's idea of peace. I kind of was a little bit shocked when I went looking for the Webster's Dictionary uh, meaning behind peace. I, I was looking for something to give me some inspiration for peace and how I could describe peace to you. What I found was shocking. The world's idea and definition of peace is not the same as what we read in the precious word of God about the peace of the Lord. The dictionary says this, peace is the freedom from disturbance, a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. The world's idea of peace is the absence of conflict. It's the absence of strife. It's the absence of war. Well, think about it for a minute. There's absolutely nothing positive about that definition. Nothing in that sentence there is a good feeler, a good word for you and I. Might as well be defining peace as emptiness, void, and nothingness, according to the dictionary. The scripture we read earlier would have to be rewrote if we followed the world's idea of peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect nothingness, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in you. Now may the Lord of nothing himself give you emptiness in absence always in every way. The world's idea of peace, no wonder they don't have a clue. No wonder they can't explain it. No wonder they have so much trouble trying to have it worldwide. Peace has got to be more than that. This can't be right. That, that mentality is wrong. No wonder we're living in a panic, in a pandemic crisis. No, no wonder we're living in a society full of depression and discouragement and despair. When we, look, when we describe an inner confidence, a, a peace as something that is nothing more than the absence of something, peace has got to be more than just the absence of strife and the absence of war. A good marriage has got to be more than just not fighting. Relationships on the job have to be better than just not arguing with your boss. Living in peace has got to be more than just a treaty signed between two enemies. A peace agreement can't be all there is to two countries becoming allies. It's, it's got to be more. God wants far more and far better for his children than living with no strife. Peace in the scripture is not about not having to have troubles or trials or going through suffering. It's not about strife. It's the, the kind of peace that, that gives something deeper, something that touches our hearts and our minds. The kind of peace the world's talking about is filled with broken promises and lines drawn in the sand. It's a peace of mind that's fickle. There's got to be more. And I assure you that there is. We find it in the very scriptures we read. The Bible describes the peace of God as peace that surpasses understanding, that will guard your heart and your mind. Peace that surpasses understanding. It can't be figured out. It can't be understood with the human mind. It, it's something supernatural. And there we go. It's something supernatural. It's something that, that comes from out of us, from somewhere else, and it comes into our hearts and into our lives. Now we're talking. 
God offers us a supernatural divine peace from God. Peace that guards, that protects your heart and mind. Divine peace is not the absence of God. It's quite to the contrary. It's the fulfillment of him in our hearts and lives. It's a confidence that he's there. It transcends all circumstances. He's not an absent God. His peace is not in the absence of trouble. It's a deeper, more wonderful feeling. It's something that takes over and it saturates your mind and your life until you have peace, peace, wonderful peace flowing down from the Father above. It happens in the midst of a pandemic crisis. I'm talking about the kind of peace that you and I can have when the external circumstances are absolutely the worst that they can be. Jesus being our greatest example, as he hung on that cross, he gave us the beauty of seeing into heaven's divine peace. The authorities had turned against him. The disciples abandoned him and run. He was tortured by pain with the soldiers and crucified. Yet he demonstrated an eternal, internal peace that came from his father. We remember Paul and Silas, who were first century missionaries, who went down to the Greek city of Philippi, and they were arrested, illegally beaten, thrown into the deepest, darkest part of a dungeon. And circumstances there couldn't have been worse, but it was at midnight, the Bible tells us, that they found solace, they found peace. They found peace and singing hymns and praise songs to the Lord, an amazing inner peace, no matter what their circumstances was in. I wanna remind you today, child of God, you, li- you are living, breathing, you're saturated by, and you are fulfilled with a deep inner peace that comes from God. It's something amazing. It's something that I can see Paul and Silas singing their praise songs after midnight and the other prisoners in that jail sensing and feeling a comfort. All around you are people full of anxiety, full of fears, full of thoughts and and unsure about tomorrow. They don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. They don't know what a day holds for them on the job or with the family or with the bills being paid. They need to see in the faces and in the, the language of Christians all over this community, you have a job to do. You are to reflect the light in the darkness. You are to be that witness. The Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses. Witnesses of what? A victorious and overcoming life, no matter what your circumstance. We don't rest in that everything's going well for us so now we can praise God. I say on the mountaintops he's God and in the valley he's still God. We trust in him and look to him. Our faith is not shaken it's not moved it is solid on the rock Christ Jesus and it will not die we are have a we have a conviction we have a confidence in God the peace of God is a supernatural confidence it comes as a gift it says to us it's a deep-rooted conviction that God is in charge and God is good let me say that again God is in charge and God is good Don't forget that, Stratford Heights. Don't forget that, friends, all over the world. I'm amazed at the people that have been tuning in. We've got people all over South America. We've got people all over uh, Asia and Japan and in Australia. We've got people in Alabama and in Tennessee watching. Hi, Aunt Reba, Uncle John. We've got all kinds of folks 
all over the country that are watching and, and being a part of this service today. Thank you for being with us. Let me just send a message out across the network covering from one side of this country to the other and around the world. He is our peace. He is our confidence and our assurance and we have all, all power through Jesus Christ. You and I are simply not moved by the fleeting cares around us. We remember that no matter what, no matter what's going on, no matter where it comes from, doesn't matter what it, where it started, we know that, as I mentioned earlier, we have to remember a couple of things when we start to get anxious and we start to worry about the things going on in the world. Hey, remember this. God allowed this time to happen. Therefore, God is sovereignly in control. And you and I can have a confidence, a, a stillness in our spirit. We can still sing the songs of praise. We can still smile when we get out with our masks on. We can still carry the message of Christ everywhere that we go in a confidence, an assurance, an inner deep peace that comes from heaven. We remember that he's in charge. I'll tell you what we're supposed to do. Somebody asked me this at least once or twice during the course of a week. What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be obeying those who have rule over us. Don't forget that. We are to obey the laws of the land. We are to obey those who have rule and authority over us. We're to render unto Caesar what's due to Caesar. But the greatest example of how, what we're supposed to do even in this moment of pandemic and crisis and the orders of the day. So we'll look to Jesus one more time in the wilderness after 40 days of fasting as he was tempted by the enemy. The enemy took him up to a high pinnacle. Let, let me read it to you. Matthew chapter 4 verse 5. Then the devil took Jesus up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. That great example right there is that we are to be in obedience we're to obey the laws of the land, the rulers, the authorities of our, over us, but we're to obey the word of God. That's what we're really obeying. And in being the church everywhere that we go, I believe what Brian, Pastor Brian mentioned a few minutes ago is absolutely right on. It's right here in my notes. I am believing for a great awakening for the church. I'm believing God is getting us ready. He's been working on us as a church for quite a while. I'm still carrying with me out to this sanctuary, this old 120-year-old Bible, a reminder of us, the message. I remember the message that he gave us with this. As this, I like to say that we found this old Bible in an old archive somewhere where it had been lost for 65, 70 years. But I had the Lord to kind of correct me one morning at prayer. He said, you think you found the Bible? You think you all did that? He said, the Bible found you. The Bible found you. This Bible, I mentioned this last year, this was the Bible that they, 
that the J.D. Wilson, the first pastor of this church 105 years ago, used to preach to build a church that today stands 105 years later with 1,400 members on the roster and a, and a church full of ministries all around the world. God has been faithful through the years and generations and troubles and trials of the world as this church has gone to be what it's supposed to be. It, is, it follows through on the, the, the assignment and the task that it's been given. He's leading us once again to look back as we remember. And I, I was blown away when I saw that this book was the pastor's Bible during the pandemic crisis of 1917, the Spanish flu, when that was taking place. This was the Bible that he was using to preach. And it, it's just sacred to me. And I, I've been carrying it all over again oh, these last several weeks as I hold on to this. And I remember that it's the God of this Bible that, that will take us all the way through. It's the God preached from this word, these words of power, this sword that is so powerful that it'll touch the lives and the hearts of every man, every woman and boy and girl that'll take a moment to allow it to penetrate their spirit. This powerful word preached through the depression of 1928. This, pre this preached through the pandemic of 1917. It went through World War I and World War II. It went through all the wars and all of the, air, the times this church was being built and it stood and it's standing still. You can open it up and read from it even this morning, 120 years after it was printed. You know why? Because at the end of the day, this is only a representation of the God behind it and the God that you and I serve. He was, he is, and he is to come. He changes not. He's a powerful, mighty God. This God, this Bible's God is the same God who parted the Red Sea, parted the Jordan River, and will take care of the Miami should he have to. He's a God that's taken care of you and I during the pandemic crisis of 2020. And he is a God of peace. He's a God of peace. He wants you and I to trust him. It was Josiah, King Josiah in 2 Kings 22 that we read about and we preached about when we first found this Bible. It had been lost to them, but it found its way to them. The book of the law had been lost and they had taken the sanctuary, the, the temple, uh, the church, if you will, and they had literally separated it up into many different altars for different gods and they were just accommodating everybody and they were just trying to coexist with all the other gods and all the other religions and they had gotten so far off track that no longer uh, took into uh, they didn't follow through with the laws. They didn't follow through with the traditions, the rituals. They had no Passovers. There was none of those things. And as they were, had finally gotten to this place, the Bible, the law, found its way into King Josiah's court. And as it began to be read to him, it broke him. And I love what I read in the word of God about how this king responded. I have cried and prayed this week and said, Lord, let this be my heart. Let me be like King Josiah was. He was an 18-year-old man when this Bible found its way. The law of the Lord found its way into his court. And as it began to be read to him, it broke him. He fell on his face and he heard the, the, the love that came through, the, the power of God, the reality of God, the rituals of God, the laws of the Lord. And he couldn't 
believe how far they had gotten away from it. It says he tore his clothes and got on his face and he inquired of the Lord. He sought the face of the Lord. And it was that very cry from the king of Israel at that time that touched the heart of God. Listen to what it says in 2 Kings 22, verse 18. But as for the king of Judah, talking about Josiah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord in this manner, you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace and your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I shall bring the judgment of God. So they brought back the word to the king. I said, Lord, let that be me. Let me be as this is my season. In 105 years, there have been some mighty good pastors through the years, greater men than I could ever possibly think or hope to be. And I've seen the results of their ministries. And here we stand today in this beautiful sanctuary because of the, the great seeds that were laid in the ministry heritage of this great church. And after I'm done, there'll be other pastors should the Lord Terry that'll come along and do greater works. But during this season, when it's my time to lead and it's my time to be the pastor and I looked at the God in my prayers and I said, Lord, let me be on the front line. Let me set the pace. Lord, let me lead the troop. Let me be humble and broken before you and lay before you and allow you to do surgery on the inside of me until I reflect the peace of God. that will be the truth of God in a world that desperately needs you. God, if you're going to have an awakening, I wanna be awake. If you're gonna do a mighty move in the world this this, uh, season, then Lord, I want Stratford Heights and this pastor to be setting the pace. I want us to be setting the course. I want us to be moving in the anointed power of almighty God filled with the Holy Ghost, sanctified, holy, and living a life in front of others that reflect the reality that God is mighty and powerful. He's more than a religion. I get excited and I I don't defend that. I'm not apologizing for it. I get excited about the fact that I've been called to work alongside of men and women in this season right before the coming of the Lord to preach and to be a light and a witness in ministry to the world that desperately needs to know he's real, he's real. Lord, let me be on the front line. I believe there's going to be worship like we haven't seen before. One of the things I read in the scripture there in 2 Kings, when Josiah brought the word, brought the law to the people, and he began to preach to the people about the awesomeness, he went, man, you ought to read it. Read chapter 23, and it'll bless you. Touch, touch the heart of, of God with those words. And, and I, I found, as I began to read, it says he went in and he tore down all the old altars. He removed all the, the false gods and their religious altars and he tore them all down. He went and found the places where they built uh, 
temples and he tore them all down and, and even burned the altars. But when he burnt them, I loved what I read. He, he burnt them, but the very ashes, he didn't even want the ashes to stay in Israel. He had them picked up and moved out of the city. He didn't want any part of what would defile or stain or hurt the powerful touch of Almighty God on his life and on the temple. He restored it. He restored the worship back. He restored Passover back. And he began to read the law to the children of Israel. And as he read it to them, it says the people were visibly moved and broken and they returned to God. And it says they made a covenant with the law. They made a covenant with the word. And as they did that, the fallow ground around them was broken up. The humbleness of their hearts, God restored them. I'm asking us today to make a new and a fresh covenant with God. Because you see, it's in the relationship with God that his peace comes. It's in the relation. You say, how do we get this peace? How do I get this, this deep-seated peace you're talking about? I, I feel the anxiousness. I, I feel the anxiety around me. I, I don't know what tomorrow. Listen, it's found inside your relationship with him. Sometimes we have to understand that the best understanding of the deep inner peace is against the backdrop of adversity, extended unemployment, chronic illness, mental illness, strained relationships, unfulfilled dreams. But we remember he's in control. He's right there with you. Peace is not the absence of conflict, remember? Peace of God in conflict is his presence and his divine supernatural touch upon your life makes a difference. It's confidence. It's deeply rooted in you. It was December 7th, 1988, and my junior year at Lee, that there was a huge earthquake in northern Armenia. 6.8 magnitude killed 25,000 people within a few minutes. High rises and buildings and schools all crumbled like sandcastles. It was devastating on the news. It was on every day. Everyone talked about it. It was a 50-mile circumference of damage. Rescue workers came from all over the world. But when it was all over and they did their analyzing and they, con they concluded this, they said the reason the tragedy was so great was because of the construction of their buildings. They thought that making them just out of concrete would be enough but the concrete buildings they built all over Armenia all came crumbling down. They had no reinforced steel in the concrete. Today, we make sure there's steel rods that are always in concrete for buildings, construction. The no reinforced steel going through the con concrete was stable and good as long as everything was fine the earth was stable they were stable but when the tremors came and the earth shook those buildings that were just made of concrete they weren't able to stand they couldn't endure the trauma and they began to crumble the peace of God I'm talking about this deep-seated peace is 
steal reinforcement. It's running through the Christian's lives. But, but it's not something that, that you can get for yourself. You see, the builder is the one that puts the steel rods in the concrete. Here's the good news today. I said it's in your relationship with God. Inside your relationship with him is where the peace comes from. You have it when you have him. You just got to know. You got to allow the work of God to strengthen you. Listen to what that word says again, this time a little differently. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 16. Now may the, now may the Lord of peace himself himself give you peace always in every way. Now may God himself give you, give me peace. Peace in all ways, in every circumstance, in every season of trouble and trial, in a troubled world, circumstances at their worst, doesn't matter. May the God of peace himself give you peace. And it says, and the Lord be with you all. It's a confidence. It's a conviction. It's a, it's a decision. You know he's good for his word. You know that it's settled in the heavens. Heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my words will never pass away. Confidence and assurance. He's with you right now. The confidence, the peace, the inner peace that you need. If you'll just stop, close your eyes right where you are. Love the Lord for a minute. Just begin to praise him. It's amazing what happens when you're in a dungeon and you're with your buddy Silas and you start praising God with a song. It's amazing what happens. Suddenly your mind is, can't you remember times in your life where you've struggled or you've gone through a crisis or you've had adversity? And suddenly a song will come to your mind or a scripture would come to your mind or someone would encourage you with the word and it would just be strength to your bones. That's the peace of God. That's the power of God at work. He's with you. The peace of God is with you right now. Take a deep breath, a big spiritual breath. Let God empower you. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be filled with anxiety. Be on the front line of being a witness and an example to the world. They're all crying out. They're all hungry and desperate. You hold within you the answer. You have the answer inside of you. It's in the relationship you have with them. It's divine. It's supernatural. It's steel rod. It's the steel rod inside you. The builder put it there. You can rely on that today. You can trust in him today. I've seen it up close. I've seen it up close. And as I get ready to, to close, in just a few moments we're going to pray. But as a young man, I was a teenager, and my mom had gotten very sick. She had lost a lot of weight suddenly and, and was very weak and couldn't even walk. She ended up within a week's time on the couch and couldn't even get up. 
we were all worried, terribly ill, sick over it. My dad was very worried. My sisters and I, we were very worried. We didn't know what was happening. Finally, my dad rushed her to the hospital. When he got her to the hospital, it was almost too late. They rushed her immediately into surgery. All of us kids ended up being there in the ER. And I sat there as they, they said it was an emergency. My mom was literally hemorrhaging and she had lost a lot of blood and was going to have to have transfusions and they were going to have to do surgery immediately. They took her into surgery and she was there for two hours. And the doctor came flying out of the room and when he did, he came out of the operating room and he came to my dad and I looked down and he had my mother's blood on his feet and I was like petrified scared to death I was a teenager that's my mom's blood what is going on he pulled my dad aside and said they had to do more surgery and he had to give permission for them to go in and do more my dad began to visibly be emotional and he said yes do what you got to do and they went back in and a couple hours later they came out to our family and we didn't know what they were going to say but they said she's okay but we can't get her to wake up We wondered if maybe you all could come back here and and she'd been in recovery for almost two hours and they were like, maybe you could come back and just just try to wake her up a little. Maybe she hears a familiar voice. And so we went back in the room and we stood around her bed and she was sound asleep. We were like, mom, mom. And we were shaking her. Hey, come on, mom. It's time to wake up. You got to wake up. You came through the surgery. Everything's good, mom. Wake up. She began to move a little bit and she began to mumble some things, and we didn't know what she said. And we said, what? Mom, come on, you got to wake up. She said, the fishes, the fishes. And we said, what? Mom, come on, wake up. You're dreaming. She said, the little boy. She said, Jesus. She said, the fishes. And she was still under the anesthesia. We started to laugh, and we were like, the, the little boy's lunch in the Bible. She, she's talking about Jesus when he fed the 5,000. In just a moment, she woke up. She smiled. She said, Jesus. Smiled all of us and said, hello. I've never forgotten that. In a moment where her life was in the balance, Emergency surgery, under anesthesia, down inside of her spirit, where the steel rods were, was God's peace. She woke up from anesthesia, talking about the fishes, and the little boy, and Jesus. That's peace. That's the kind of peace I want. That's the kind of peace I want you to have today. No matter what your circumstance, the steel rod inside you is crying out, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father. Above, sweep over my spirit, 
speaker we know Jesus and he's got that assurance that confidence he's got it for you right now we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to touch you right where you are right in your home to remove the anxieties remove the despair remove all of those things that cause you to fear we come against fear this morning you know why not because maybe everything's better or circumstances have changed, but because you belong to the peace speaker. You belong to Jesus. His children, his children are safe, sheltered in the arms of God. It's a troubled world, but there's peace in Jesus. So we're gonna pray for you. But first, I wanna ask, are you watching? Are you watching and, and you don't know Jesus as your savior? You don't even have the peace, the beginning of it. You don't have the peace of a relationship with him. I wanna pray with you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make in all of your life is to accept Jesus Christ into your life. Without him, we're all lost. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he loved us while we were yet sinners and died on the cross that you and I could have redemption. That's the greatest message the world has ever known. That's what gives you the confidence. That's what gives you the assurance for the peace that comes that you need through the, the pandemic crisis and through all the trials and the troubles of your life. You need Jesus. That's the foundation. So we're gonna pray for you. If you need Jesus in your life, we're gonna pray right now. A prayer to receive him into your life. You can pray this with me. It's not words that'll save you, it's from the heart. It's repentance. It's giving your heart and life to God. Trusting in him as the son of God, the savior. Believing that in your heart and then now ready to confess him as your Lord. We're going to do that right now and as we do. You pray it with me wherever you are. And then let somebody know. Let somebody in your family know. Maybe you could go online there and let us know that you accepted Christ. We want to pray for you. We want to help you in any way that we can. Let's, let's pray together. Church all across the the, the world. Let's pray together now. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead and you walked out of that tomb. Now, Lord, I ask you to be Lord of my life. Come into my life. Strengthen me until you come for me. Help me to grow every day as I trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I want to pray a prayer. The team is getting ready to lead us in some worship again. One more song before we're out of here today. But I want to pray over you, church. I want to pray over you that God will just blanket your house with this peace that you'll sense and feel that supernatural, divine inner peace, the steel rod of your salvation, giving you the ability to stand through it all. That's why it says, when I walk through the waters, they shall not overflow me. The rivers, they won't flood over me. The fire, I will not be burned, neither will the flames kindle upon me. That's why in the scriptures we can trust and know, as he says, I was with Moses, 
So shall I be with you? Confidence, assurance, trust in Jesus. Father, I pray over our people right now. Mothers, fathers, pray over grandmas and grandpas. I pray over all of our sons and daughters. I pray over our friends that are watching today. God, I pray over everyone, anyone listening, anyone right now, God, that just needs that inner deep supernatural peace that comes from their relationship with you. Lord, the enemy would love to blind us to that, but it's free. Lord, we don't have to do anything to get it. It comes with knowing you. It's something you give to us. Thank you for that. Give us the peace today. Open our eyes to see it. Help us to understand that your peace will take us through every crisis, every trouble until we know all things work together for the good. We're coming out. We're coming out healed. We're coming out delivered. We're coming out, Lord, with revival and awakening in our spirits. Our churches are going to be so power-packed. It's going to be amazing when we get to come back together. In the meantime, Lord, it begins with peace. It begins with that confidence, that assurance that we have in you. Oh, I thank you for that today. All across the entire airwaves, every home, every, every person, every mom and dad, every family, cover them with your peace. Blanket them with your peace. Let them feel that mighty, powerful touch of God right now. No matter what your circumstance is, no matter what's going on in your life, you can have confidence in God. And I pray right now for those that are suffering in their bodies physically. I pray that you will feel and sense the touch of the Lord. That same God of peace is a God that heals and touches, strengthens your body. He can can fix you. He made you. He's able to touch your life right now. Believe with me. God, I thank you for touching, for ministering, for healing. Thank you for provision. People that don't know where the bill money is going to come from right now, they're laid off from their jobs. Touch them supernaturally provide for them. Let them feel and sense the touch of the Lord. And Lord, if those, there are those that are struck with fear and anxiety and going through worry, I pray that God, we rebuke fear. You said fear not over and over and over again in the word of God, fear not. We are overcomers through Christ. We thank you for peace that gives us the evidence of that. Peace that gives us the evidence of that. It touches our faith. And faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's awesome power of mighty God. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's confidence. That's faith. That's peace. In Jesus' name today we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We miss you so much. Can't wait to see you. Stay tuned to your social media because we're going to be announcing some new creative ways to get together. We're going to do a virtual fellowship. Uh, If you don't have Zoom, we want you to download zoom.us and get on there. And and you don't have to worry about registering. We're going to send information. We're going to have a big old virtual fellowship together. We're going to try that. We're going to do another drive-in service for you. We're going to be doing everything we can until we're able to fill this house once again. God bless you. We love you so much. Thank you, God. I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the wind. 